I'm Jessica Randolph, and welcome to the How to Buy a House podcast, where we empower you to invest in real estate and start building wealth for yourself. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and we're going to teach you how to do it right. You guys, I am pinching myself because I have an amazing guest for you today, and I am just so grateful that he agreed to bless us with his time because he is a very busy guy. We have Vincent Pham Van with us, and I don't even know where to begin with his accolades. Vincent is a member of Forbes Council and a 40 Under 40 recipient. He's the founder of Vitin, which is a digital agency that builds mobile apps for businesses and creators. And fun fact, he was the one who inspired us to get our own app and help to bring it to life. You can listen to his podcast, Destination CMO, and we are so honored to have him a part of our podcast today. Also, Vincent has a really cool app called Dad's Club. And if you're a new dad uh, or if you one day want to be a dad and you want to just learn how to be a more calm and collected dad, you can download his app too. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Vincent, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I am so excited for our listeners to- It's great to be here. Hear from you. <laughs> okay. So for those of you that don't know Vincent, Vincent is a good friend of ours here out of my house. He's changed our life in a really cool way and actually has helped- develop our mobile app. If you've downloaded it, it is all because of Vincent that it even exists in the first place. But he's moved to Nashville. How many years ago did you move here? Yeah, I moved here 2013. So it's like wild because like I don't think of this as home. I still think of California as home, even though I haven't lived there for 10 years. Okay. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about why you moved here and obviously like the birth of everything you're doing. And you are just, when it comes to marketing, you're an absolute genius, probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met. But maybe you can tell us like how that all formed and starting off in California, like Give us like a quick background. Yeah. So like growing up in California, I never thought that I would leave California. And, you know, early on in your career, and this is pre-pandemic, obviously. So you'd go into offices, you know, most people weren't working from home. Like I think early in your career, one of the biggest things that you can do is be flexible and open to moving because it just, it opens up so many doors for you. And it's a much bigger job market than just being at home in the city that you're in. And so, you know, I got one of those messages on LinkedIn from a company that was interested in hiring somebody, flew out to Nashville, had some great barbecue. I remember getting on the plane thinking like, oh, it's going to be go, it's going to be nice to go out to a city and just like check out a city I've never been to. When I came here, I was just blown away. And the next thing I knew, you know, I had a moving truck scheduled to move out here, which is just wild. But that also led into my first journey in LA. I was renting. And when I moved out here, the cost of living here is obviously much different than Los Angeles. So it actually opened up an opportunity to be able to move into my own condo. Yeah. Well, I want to hear all about your story. And today's episode, we're talking about really what you did, which was the lily pad method of home buying. And you recently, how, how many weeks have you been in your new house? Three weeks ago, we just moved into a new home with our family, my wife, Erin, and two girls, Lily and Faye. And uh, Lily and Faye are two and four right now. And I just don't think there's any smooth way to be able to move with kids. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but we made it and they helped along the way and it was great. And, you know, we had a great kind of just like support system around us. Yeah. To, to do that. And would you say that this new house is your dream house or close to it or somewhere near? I would say it like checks all the boxes. And I would say that even eight years ago when we were walking houses, I think we just didn't know what we wanted. Like we had an idea of what we wanted, but until we actually like lived in that last house for long enough, like we didn't actually know like what was important to us. Yeah. 
Well, and things change too once you have a baby. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't realize I needed an totally. extra living room or a basement, mm-hmm. but they're so loud and noisy and you need extra <laughs> space for them. It's true. And condo living just – it's – for people that live in a condo and you have kids, God bless you. I don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> probably with a lot of TV. That's what I would do. But yeah, different parenting styles. Okay. So maybe you can give us a little background. I want to talk all about that lily pad method of buying. But before we do that, tell us why – how did Viton come to be and how – I know you're doing, obviously, the Dad's Club app. So I want to kind of hear about who you are because I think a lot of people that have listened to our podcast, they're not savvy on real estate, but they're savvy on something else. Um, and this is obviously why we created this podcast is so that people can educate themselves and be the smartest buyer that they can be. But for you, you weren't in real estate, but you've no. done such a great job educating yourself and making the best decisions possible with your finances. But maybe tell us like how that all started with with your marketing yeah, absolutely. So like I've always worked in tech and, you know, before uh, I was very much so in a corporate role, large companies, like spent most of my career at two different companies, spent almost 10 years at both of those. Both of the companies had over 30,000 employees. So like these were massive multi-billion dollar revenue companies. And one thing that I always saw, and I think all of us know this, is that your phone is everything like today. Like it is the device that is in your hand, sits in your pocket, sits in your purse. Like you would never go anywhere without it. People get anxiety when they have to put their phone in airplane mode. Most people just pretend to put their phone in airplane mode. But you know, it is like, it is the remote control to your life, right? (sighs) Everything that you do is through your phone. And so historically, like all large companies have mobile apps, right? Target, Amazon, Home Depot, Netflix, Spotify, like these are all just mobile apps. And I've always have loved entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs. And one of the things during the pandemic that I saw was like small businesses when brick and mortars had to shut down and people moved online, small local businesses don't have the same resources and access to tools as the big guys do. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, they're like, everybody should be on an even playing field. And so I started this mobile app agency to be able to help creators and entrepreneurs have access to the same type of tools and resources that larger companies do to be able to build out like the same strategies as larger companies. And I think like the how to buy a house class app is like a perfect example of like the power of being able to bring that to life for a reasonable budget and quickly and not have it be something that's like tens of thousands of dollars or you know six to 12 months to be able to bring to life yeah i mean you've just opened my eyes to you know what tech can do to your business and obviously with our app it was so fun working with you guys and figuring out what this should look like and i remember when we met i was teaching a how to buy a house class you were and you walked by and you're like I think that there needs to be an app for that. And you approached me and we had chatted and it was like the synergy of, obviously I'm super passionate about giving this information and people learning how to build wealth for themselves. Mm -hmm. But to have something like you're saying in your pocket that is holding your hand and you had been going through that process, you know, of learning about real estate. And so, yeah, I just, I'm curious, like, do you feel like an app like this knowing what you know now about real estate? Like, would you have used something like this from the get-go? It's like what I wish I had. Right. Because like when you when you buy your first house or you buy your first condo, like those that's you know, in the top five decisions in your life, right? Like the big decisions in life is like who are you gonna go through life with? Who's your partner gonna be? 
where are you going to live? It's definitely your largest purchase or it should be your largest purchase, I would think. And, you know, like your other decisions in life is like, what's going to make you happy and where are you spending your time? But I, I think what's crazy is like, what do you spend your time doing? Like that's literally 12 years of education plus college if you go to college, mm-hmm. right? You're spending 16 years learning where are you going to spend your time and what are you going to do for your career? And yet the the same thing doesn't exist for your largest purchasing decision that is this super complicated process, right? Yeah. It's not like, you know, buying a car at Carvana where you just like put in your credit card, hit hit submit, and then like, you know, you, your car comes out of a vending machine. Like there's just so much to know. And also there is so much that you can do to prepare for the process of applying for your first mortgage. Yeah, 100%. And I think also what you're saying with these big life decisions is there's a lot of fear around it too of making 100%. the wrong decision. And I can't tell you how many clients I'd worked with in the past that they had so much fear about their home buying because they're so afraid of losing money like their Mm -hmm. parents did or whatever. And I think our generation and the next generation, like we want to be as educated as possible so that we're in a better position than our parents were or, you know, just set ourselves up for success. We're not in a ton of debt. Mm -hmm. And so that's really for me why I started teaching the class seven years ago is I really felt like people needed to be educated on it. And so it's just been so fun seeing where it's come to. And now we're talking about it on the podcast that I never thought would be like, this is just amazing. Okay. So let's get into your story and your home buying story, because I think I am super influenced by other people's stories. And I think there's such a power in telling something that's obviously happened to you and people learning from it Mm -hmm. um, versus like, here are the things you need to know. So tell us your purchasing story. Did you buy your first house in California or was it in Nashville? Like, So in California, I always rented. And I I think even the decision for rent versus buy is a big decision. And I don't even think that that's like a clear cut decision for every purpose, every person and every family, because it depends so much on like what your priorities are. And it depends so much on the market that you're in, as well as your financial situation too. But moving to Nashville, I thought it did make sense to buy a condo. And so the company that I moved to relocate with had assigned me a realtor that can help me either find a place to rent or help me buy a place and he really helped me like navigate like thinking through that but we went to a building that I fell in love with it was an eighth story unit floor to ceiling windows overlooking the river and the football stadium in Nashville and it was right across the hallway from a gym. Like I literally had, you know, fitness center like five feet from my my front door. I wish that would have helped me actually get in the gym more often. <laughs> but it's like everything you would look for, everything that you would you would look for. And so uh, at the time, like, you know, I applied for one of those like online mortgages, which was new, really new technology at the time. But it all worked out and like it was smooth. But the things that I wish I would have known that would have made it smoother for would have been like the past things I would have done two years prior. And it would have been things like being more mindful about applying for credit cards, how many credit cards. I've I've always been diligent about like pay, put it on the credit card, earn the rewards, pay it off every single month. And so I wasn't sitting on a ton of debt, but you know, credit inquiries is definitely a thing. And the other thing that I wish I would have known before applying for the first mortgage is like letting money settle in your accounts for two months before you apply for the mortgage, just because every single dollar that goes in and out 
of every account that you have has to be traced within that two month period. And so like, these are the things that like, I think it's so awesome how you're bringing to light like this education for stuff that, you know, makes it easier, but it's just like, I wouldn't even known what question to ask to have received that advice, if that makes sense. For sure. So you bought your condo. Yep. And how long did you live in it? So less than a year. Oh my gosh. It was wild. And did it appreciate in that time? It did. You know, a part of it was like, I was really lucky at the time as well, because, you know, most of the time, like if you buy an exit on a property within the same year, once you take like closing costs and commissions into account, like you could potentially lose money on that. But I think the thing that for sure is true though, is like, if I would have rented a place and I would have paid like $1,500 or $2,000 rent every single month, like there's a 0% chance of breaking even on that. Right. And so uh, that's kind of like the way that I was looking at it. But there were two things that, that really drove that. It wasn't remorse on like the condo. Like I absolutely love that condo. It was a change in life. So I, while I was living in that condo, I was commuting like long distance. My, my now wife, Erin was in Los Angeles and I was flying back there on flying back there on most weekends. And, uh, she moved to Nashville and, you know, the condo, the bachelor pad that I had, uh-huh. I think a part of it too is like that was always my place and like I when she moved here like I wanted the place that we lived in to be our place and not my place Mm -hmm. if that makes sense but like the deal breaker was in the bathroom there was only one sink oh yeah and not gonna happen yeah like sharing a (laughs) sink just not gonna happen yeah yeah. oh my gosh y'all can I get a drum roll please If you've been enjoying our podcast, you know that we are very passionate about providing accessible home buying education for everybody, no matter where they're at in the process. And now, guess what? You can do it straight from your phone. Download the How to Buy a House mobile app today. Our app is designed to hold your hand through the process from start to finish and is jam-packed with expert-level home buying education and tips and tricks from the best in the business. We are so pumped about it, obviously, and we think that you will get a lot out of it. So download it today. It's in the app store and we would love to hear how you enjoy it. Happy home buying. So then when Aaron moved here, you're like, okay, we need more space. So did you buy another condo or? No. So, you know, we wanted the house that we would be in for at least a period of time, right? We knew that like kids were in our future and like we didn't want to have to move out of yet another condo to be at a house like to like start growing our family. And so we didn't move very far. It was just like seven minutes away, I think, from where the condo is. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, like it was our starter home and it was an incredible place to to uh, be and to like, you know, we have so many memories in that in that next place. But, you know, we definitely had to get creative about how to navigate that move and like how to get the deal done. Yeah. And did you use your same realtor? I'm yeah, curious. you did. Okay. Yeah. So our realtor now, gosh, we've, so since moving to Nashville, we've done one, two, three, four, five, six transactions. Wow. In 10 years. Yeah. That says a lot. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so with your first condo, cause I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking, you know, how much equity did you get on that first purchase? Do you remember how much it appreciated within, you know, underneath that year time? Yeah. It appreciated by about 50,000 over that period in time. Great. So yeah, we 
I think originally when we bought it, it was somewhere around like 260. Mm-hmm. Wild also, by the way, inflation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think we sold it for somewhere uh, a little over 300. It's amazing. It, it, in it, less than a year. In less than a year. And yeah. you could have rented. You could have said, you know what, this is just, you know. Yeah. And that that's actually a good point. So when we sold, the only reason that we did and we didn't rent it out was because the homeowners association only allowed 25% of the owners to be able to rent out. And so there was a long waiting list. Mm. And so, you know, one of your questions uh, earlier was like, what are the things I wish I would have known? I definitely, if I could go back, would have checked for that before buying that condo. Yeah. Just so so that that could have been on the table. Yeah, 100%. If you're listening to that and you're a little confused, so instead of selling Vincent and Aaron's condo, they could, or Vincent's condo, you could have rented it to somebody else and if you're giving away half my condo already. Yeah. Right. I know. Sorry. Um, you know, and if your payment on it is fifteen hundred a month and you could rent it for twenty two hundred a month, then you just get that cash flow, which is right. obviously the beauty of owning a rental property. And in some cases that does make sense. But yeah, before you go and purchase a house or a condo or a townhouse, checking with the HOA and seeing if it would be possible to own it as a rental is so important. So So important. Yeah. And like to especially too, because like that condo, if we had it now. And it wasn't paid off. Like that condo, the interest rate would have been like three and a half percent or some somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in a high interest rate market, it a hundred percent makes sense to hold on to that mortgage. And you know, if the rent covers the mortgage and and then some with repairs and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, the I, rental properties is like almost arbitrage because it's basically somebody else paying off your mortgage. One hundred percent. Which is if you are renting, you are paying somebody else's mortgage. We talk about that a lot. So yeah, but it's beautiful when you're on the other side and you get to be the landlord because then somebody else, it's a free house. We call it house hacking. Um, So I love it. So, But instead you sold it and then you took that Mm -hmm. 50K and did you use that as a down payment for the house that you and Aaron bought? We did, yeah. It's amazing. So I think that's the beauty right there of you deciding, okay, I'm going to take a chance, buy a Nashville, even though I don't know where my life is going, even Mm -hmm. though... I don't know how long I'll be here. You took yep. a chance on it. And now you got to reap the benefit of uh, basically a free down payment for that next purchase. So, yep. so you moved into your house. We moved into the house. We were dating, not married yet. And we had two roommates. So it was a four bedroom house. We had, and we had two roommates um, and the roommates were awesome. And like, now I can't Im- imagine like having roommates, <laughs> but at the time in like the phase of the life that we were at, like we had always had roommates, yeah. right? Like the the short time that I lived in my condo by myself was like the only time in my life that I've lived by myself. And the rent from the two roommates actually covered the mortgage, which allowed us to be able to then like save even more money, but also like give us the flexibility to be able to actually like furnish the house, which was bigger than a space that we had ever yeah. lived in. Or travel or, or travel. pay off student loan debt. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people think, oh, I have to have you know, my living situation to look like this. But I think if you can be scrappy, mm-hmm. that's the word I like to use of like, it's okay if we rent it to someone that we know and love. And yep. maybe rent it to someone who travels a lot. Maybe you rent it to a musician or, yep. you know, they're out there all the time. My husband and I, we lived in a 800 square foot, tiny little old house in East Nashville. And it was a two bedroom, one bath. And when we first got married, <laughs> we were so scrappy that we rented the other bedroom on Airbnb, which uh-huh. meant if you can dream of this in our first year of marriage, we had just a random stranger sleeping in our house and sharing our bathroom. That is wild. But, <laughs> but I will say we never had to pay for, and we were renting that house. We didn't yeah. even own it. So I never had to pay for my rent. We were able to save. And then yep. we used all that money that we saved for our down payment. And that is another example of the Lily Pad method, but being scrappy and mm-hmm. creative and 
kind of just being okay with things not being exactly how you want them just yet yeah. can then fuel you to buy your your dream house. So you guys lived in that house for how long, Vincent? Almost a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah, almost a decade. And Where was it? It's in Edge Hill. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great area. Very walkable. Yeah. And then that was the house you moved out of when you just moved into your new house. Yeah. So last year, we kind of made a spontaneous decision to move. Like, we loved that house. And I, I think, like, the thing with starter houses is I don't think there's a perfect starter house. Like, I just, I'm convinced that, like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, there's always going to, it's always going to be, like, give and take, right? Like, you got to kind of figure out, like, what things are important to you. But the things that used to not be important to us was, like, it didn't matter that we had a garage. And, you know, if you don't have kids, not having a garage is not that big of a deal. If it rains, you just, like, run to your car. It's just you. Mm -hmm. With kids, you have so many things to carry, including your kids, yes. that it's just, like, going out to your car when it's raining oh, is, yeah. is, like, an ordeal. Oh, and then the kids <laughs> start screaming because they're right. like, I'm getting wet. Right. And yeah. like, you know, before you have kids, like you're not going to go running into the street and like your kids don't know, yeah. like, you know, how to safely cross the street. And so it became more important for us to have a garage. So it's kind of like, you know, we, we got the house that was like perfect for us at the time. You know, the last house was a house where like we used to have Friendsgivings where like we'd have like 30 people over and it was like the totally the open concept, like perfect, like entertaining space. And like now when we entertained, it's like it's smaller gatherings. And so just like the life changed and our preference for like the house changed. And so we had a conversation in the afternoon, one afternoon, and we were both kind of just like magically on the same page. So we jump on Zillow oh, and gosh. we start checking out houses. And I'm not kidding you, like 45 minutes later, we were walking a house with our realtor. Stop it. <laughs> 45 minutes later. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Shane, for dropping whatever you were doing at that moment to go what? walk this house with us. And we wrote an offer like the next day. Wow. And by the end of the weekend, uh, we were in contract. Wow. Amazing. And I think for a lot of people, they're like, that sounds scary. Like that sounds rushed. But you guys were obviously already so educated on the area. You knew you mm -hmm. wanted, you trusted your realtor. Yep. And I think that's Again, it's a it's a part of not having fear and being like, okay, we know we want this, we have peace about it, we're gonna yeah. jump on it. the the hardest uh, The hardest buy is definitely your first one, right? Because at this point, like, we have two rental properties in Nashville as well, so like going through the mortgage process is a more comfortable process now. But the other thing too is like we've lived in our house for a decade, and so you know, and going into the new house, like we knew exactly what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's kind of funny is like our our style and preference actually changed. Ten years ago, when like if Erin would have walked the house that we live in now, it wouldn't have been a house that she liked because the new house is like very contemporary, very modern. It is a square. It does not have like slanted roofs. It's literally got a flat roof, and you know, our now. Like we wanted just like lots of light. Mm -hmm. We wanted tons of just like light in the house so that we don't even have to turn on lights if we didn't want to. And that wasn't something that like 10 years ago we knew or we even thought like was important. Right. Yeah, it's so true. And I think the, you know, as your style changes, also the things that are important to you change too. And, but I love what you said that there's no such thing as like a perfect starter house. Is that what you said? I don't think it exists. Right? Yeah. The perfect starter house doesn't exist. And I think... You can turn anything into a home. I remember uh, my sister, she moved into her house and 
the bones of it, is it exactly what we would want? No. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, the perfect house for them? No, but we can make every room feel super cozy. And it's amazing what some paint and a light fixture can do to a room. Totally. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter how much space you have, you're going to fill that space. It's not going to feel like enough space no matter what. Yeah, it's right? true. And, but like, I think what, what's definitely true is like, I have friends who grew up in like New York City, right? In these like 1,200 square feet apartments where they learned how to play soccer indoors in their living room, right? And like millions of people figure out how to do that. But no matter what, like even in the the starter house that we were in, which was when we moved in, like way more space than we could use. And like we had roommates, no matter what, if it's going to feel like it's not enough space. Yeah, it's so true. So when you bought this new house, mm-hmm. did you have equity in the house in Edge Hill? The house in Edge Hill was actually paid off. Wow. So did you do um, a 15-year mortgage or how did you do that? So we, the original house was a 30 year mortgage and I'm a fan of doing the 30 year mortgage, but making additional principal payments because then you have the flexibility. And so with our rental properties now, one of them is a 15 and one of them is a 30 and we make the same payment on both, even though one is a 15 and one is a 30. But if we ever hit like a tougher market or the house is vacant for a few months by having the lower payment of the 30 we have the flexibility to drop the payment if we want to. Yeah. But we've always been just like ruthless about like making extra payments and like tucking away money and like living not off our full paychecks. Mm-hmm. Just because in, I think in like the society that we're in, like consumerism is like such a thing, right? That like if you start buying all of these things or leasing cars or like going into that, like, it kind of makes you happy for like a few weeks mm-hmm. with all of these like tangible goods. Um, and so, you know, we sat down and we were like, what's important to us? And the things that are important to us are like experiences and travel. And so like that's an area in our life where like we're purposeful about setting aside money for it. And then the other part is I've been kind of obsessed about reaching a point of like financial independence and there's this whole movement, um, financial independence, retire earlier, like fire online. And, you know, as I started reading these articles, it was something that where most people retire at 65 or somewhere around like the 65, but like you don't necessarily have to wait until that long. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we started basically looking at this journey of like, okay, if we wanted to retire early in the future, like how would we go about doing that? And so that's kind of like what set us on this path. But I think the other thing that has really like changed in my mind is like debt as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you like if if you're paying for food and rent and like essentials with a credit card and you're and you're paying like twenty percent interest, like that for sure is in this category of bad debt. But like at this point, we have three mortgages at the moment, which is a ton of debt. But like we have renters helping pay to the mortgages Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're essentially like making money with borrowed money, which is a completely different thing than bad debt. Yeah. And I feel like you, everything you just talked about brings up such a good point is I think a lot of times we can think of our lives as just right now Mm -hmm. and just in our twenties or thirties or forties, but we're going to be 60 and 70 (laughs) and 80. And guess what? I want cash flow then. Yeah. And so making decisions now, Mm -hmm. I was 22 like yesterday and I'm 32. It's crazy. Like happened like that. Yeah. And so I'm going to be 42 like that and 52 like that. And so thinking, thinking that's how fast a 15 year mortgage gets paid off. Right. Right. And (laughs) so I think not just making decisions for what you want right this second, but thinking through 
where you want to be in mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 years will help really fuel you to make the right decisions now with your finances and not get caught up in the consumerism totally. and not have to, you know, match whoever you're following on Instagram's lifestyle. But having that end goal in mind is so important. And I think with business and entrepreneurship, like you have that mindset is, you know, thinking through where you want to be, you know, when you retire earlier, whatever. And mm-hmm. I think um, taking the plunge and just going for it now and not waiting for everything to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but just taking risk and going for it is like why you've been so successful in your businesses too. And a, a lot of it is like luck. Like I, I didn't pick Nashville, like I, but Nashville has been like this incredible growth yeah. journey. And, you know, we, we got lucky with the timing and the, and the location, but like, we definitely had to be purposeful about doing it. Like it wasn't like you don't, you don't come up with down payments by accident, right? you know? And I don't think, I mean, obviously for you, you're saying you were lucky. Mm-hmm. I do think that you can take the luck outside out of it and replace it with educating yourself. And I think that's totally true. Yeah. Yes. And buying in an area that's growing and you can look at the statistics and say, mm-hmm. Birmingham's growing like crazy or Charlotte, North Carolina is growing like crazy. And so maybe I don't want to buy in LA where things are really expensive. Maybe I'm going to buy a property in another city. I actually have someone who came to our class a couple years ago and she and her brothers just bought a house in Cincinnati. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why'd you buy a house in Cincinnati? She's like, well, you know, the market's growing. None of us live there, but we really wanted to start owning property after coming to your class. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, that is such a great idea. And you could start, instead of your money just sitting in the bank, now you could start building wealth and betting on an area that is growing because you see what's happening in the real estate world. And that's the power of, you know, listening to podcasts like this and educating yourself on the market and having a really great realtor knowing what areas are going to inevitably explode because of new developments that have been announced and all that stuff. And, And it's totally possible to have a property manager in a different city yeah. um, as well. And so, you know, the that's absolutely true. And I guess like we got lucky that we happened to live in the market. But yeah, you're 100% right. Because like in the past, like we have had a rental property in Ohio. And that was a rental property that I've never been to. I've never seen it. We held it for a long time. The renters were great. We've done repairs on it without going there. But like doing the research and like understanding the cities and like having the right resources and especially like a local realtor who knows the the area. Yeah, 100%. So I'm going to ask you the question yeah. that I ask all of our guests on this podcast, but and I, I feel like you've touched on a few pieces mm-hmm. of advice, but if you could give one piece of advice to our listener today, it doesn't have to be real estate related. It can be, what is something that you carry with you and that you want to share with our listeners? I think the big thing is like, in life, like don't get wrapped up around things that you can't control is understanding like where to spend your energy and where to spend your time. And, you know, so much of it is just like in your head. And so like, if you're thinking about like your next move to a new, into a new home, your next move to a new city, like the truth of the matter is, is like in life, everybody will make good decisions. Everybody makes bad decisions. But the thing with your bad decisions is like a lot of those decisions are reversible. You know, the decision to, to buy a condo, you you don't think going into it that you're going to sell it within a year. But, you know, when you go forward a decade, like that's part of the journey and it's part of all everybody's journey. And, you know, you brought up like social media and like comparing. And I think like that is such a trap when you compare because it's only one side of the story. Like you're not, you're not seeing what is happening below the surface because everybody goes through like a journey. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing everything you shared and thanks for telling your story and being, yeah, absolutely. being very vocal. Be I think I was so encouraged even just hearing your story and inspired to, to be wiser with my finances and, 
and and go for it when I feel like things are right. So I think it's awesome. Thank you so much for for being on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, and you guys, if you're listening to this, do yourself a favor and go listen to Vincent's podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about Dad? Yeah, so my podcast, I have a mobile app that's called Dad's Club. Uh, which is for new dads. If you're expecting, if you want to be a father in the future, you can find it in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. Just search for Dad's Club. Um, It's the only one that'll come up. So it's the only Dad's Club in the App Store. And uh, inside Dad's Club, we just have a bunch of resources for like how to be a great, calmer, more relaxed dad, but also how to be a, a great partner as well. So that's in there. You can start a free trial um, and check out all the resources that are there. But my podcast is called Destination CMO and it's for marketers who aspire to be a CMO. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. I love it. And when are you coming out with Mom's Club? (laughs) When are you coming out with Mom's Club? Hey, you know what? I feel like Mom's Club would be like, okay, do yourself a favor, pour yourself a glass of rosé at like six o'clock. That's my parenting advice. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. But I think that's so awesome. And I, I... need to just download the app and check out what you're doing at Dad's Club because I think it's really, really important. And Thanks. people want to feel connected in that stage of life. So I think it's awesome you've done that. For sure. Sweet. Well, thanks, Vincent. You're a rock star. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Stay tuned for more episodes from the How to Buy a House class. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the How to Buy a House class. You can also email us. Yes, we still use email and we would love to connect to you that way as well. You can reach us directly at hello at howtobuyahouseclass.com. And I also would love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jess Lou Randolph. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening and God bless you.